as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Joining us on uh, 710KURV to give us a check of what's currently happening on the oil front right now and in the future, because I saw a big one on uh, CNBC earlier today, and I thought it was crazy, but uh, it's not outside the realm of possibility. The man's name is Ray Trevino, a.k.a. RT, from Pecos Country Energy up in Fort Worth. He joins us now on your 956 Drive Home. Uh, Let's talk about the now and uh how you think the oil market is going right now i know we had some big news from the Biden administration about for example lng and they haven't been too friendly to oil companies on the whole but uh let's get a let's get a baseline feel for um your your view your bird's eye view of how the oil market is right now how's the oil market right now i mean it's steady i mean uh, we haven't uh, changed gas or oil prices really in the last four months we've been anywhere between 70 and 75 dollars a barrel and between basically two dollars and 250 an mcf on natural gas uh so right now you know as far as financially you know especially when you figure uh in the last four months we've had the horrific terrorist attacks in israel uh if this was five years ago those terrorist attacks alone would have jacked up the price of oil by 10 or 15 dollars just that one day um so you know i'd say right now it's steady uh but we do need to be on the lookout because you know uh the head of uh, occidental petroleum uh, vicky holcomb uh, just said the other day that we could be at a huge oil and gas uh shortage by the end of 2025 that's less than two years away ladies and gentlemen yeah i saw that and i honestly it was one of those butt clinch moments say like, what uh repeat that please i that one went if it went by me it went by what did she say oh that that gas uh that we could be in a, uh, an oil shortage by the end of the year 2025 how well it's really quite simple it's it's uh Basically, right now, uh, uh, to all your listeners out there, and I'm sure they've heard, we are producing more oil now in the United States of America than we ever have in history. And it is very surprising considering this administration is so anti-oil and gas. However, even though we're producing all this oil, we are not drilling new wells to replenish all the oil that we're pulling out of the ground right now. Hmm. we've been saying it for at least 12 months that this will come and bite us at some point, this administration. Well, for lack of a better term, that's the big sad. Uh, Ray <laughs> Trevino is uh, our guest on your 956 drive home from Pecos Country Energy up in uh, Fort Worth. Davis, your question. Go ahead. Well, um, if we started, how will we prevent that from happening? Because if we started leasing today, I mean, it, it takes a while to get oil online 
from from the time you get wrap up the property and you get a, you get the right to drill. How long does it take in the best of best of all worlds before you get oil and you're pumping it somewhere? Great question, and, and I'm glad you, you said that. You know that it takes time. We would be looking at at least six months to even start the ramp up, and another six to eight months uh, to uh, actually get back up to a full production. Um, because, like you said, we got to be able to lease these lands that he has. Uh, pulled away from the oil and gas industry. Um, and so that would be step one. And then we got to go uh, make sure and do the hard scientific work to make sure that where we put a hole in the ground uh, will produce oil and not to mention all the environmental hurdles. Um, and, and some of them are good. I will say that, but all the environmental hurdles to make sure that we are doing this in the cleanest way possible. So at best case scenario, we're looking at six months to really start and another six to eight months to ramp up. The Keystone Pipeline alone would not, uh, if he would have allowed that to happen, we'd have 800,000 barrels a day coming into the United States of America, and we don't. I thought I thought that oil was was headed to New Orleans or someplace to be shipped shipped off shipped to another country. No. Uh, we do have uh, several uh, different oil and gas facilities across the. Um, uh, across the Gulf of Mexico, and those are export facilities where we are shipping yeah. our natural and our natural gas and oil to other countries. And then this president just put a halt on all new construction of any um, exporting facilities that we can build. He just killed thousands of jobs, and he's now putting our allies in danger by not getting them the natural gas that they need to survive. Mm. Well, I was going to say once again, that's that's the big sad, buddy. That's Mr. Trevino's Mr. Trevino's a downer today. All right, so uh, I'm not trying to be a downer today, gentlemen. No, 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 no. I no, I I totally get it. The news is what the news is. You know, it has it's not your fault at all. Uh, But I do I do ask though. So let's let's do some war gaming here, uh, and uh, I I, forgive me for using that term war gaming, right? I'm on a roll today uh when we uh when we talk best case scenario and worst case scenario right we got a, we got a presidential election coming up let's say best case scenario we get a pro oil guy donald trump coming in and uh he just flips a switch and every and the oil starts flowing again does that does that uh put us back on track does that solve no. the problem um, you know, it won't solve the problem overnight. What we'll have now is a pro uh, pro oil administration, which will more importantly bring the investors back to the industry to invest in those new drilling projects. Um, right now, companies like mine, Pecos Country uh, Energy and Pecos Country Operating, uh, we are now just drilling in already known proven areas of production that we have to basically make sure that us and our investors, and more importantly, the American people continue to get that oil on a daily basis. Um, so we would definitely see a great spike in the uh, oil and gas industry, but more importantly, we would see inflation go down and we would also see the economy turn around. I mean, hey, I don't disagree, but uh, so let's pre- let's uh, imagine uh, more war gaming with uh, Ray Trevino yeah. at Pecos Country Energy joining us on 710KURV. We're talking about oil and gas right now. Okay, so worst case scenario, war gaming, uh, Biden wins again and biden continues his four years or if if something god forbid were to happen to a sitting president and 
his uh, vice president would have to come in, which I'm assuming would be another anti-oil and gas type person. During that period of time, uh, what do you think we'd be dealing with? Um, I, I think we would uh, definitely Harris. see oil prices. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, Come President. Uh, you mean uh, President Kamala Harris? As uh, President Biden has called her once or twice. Um, yes, ah. no. We would definitely continue to see oil prices go up. We would see this uh, inflation continue to go up, and the economy continue to stagnate. Uh, and that's really the crude truth, right there. That if this president uh, that we have right now continues this plan, uh, we are headed for just really terrible times. And, uh, and and what I mean by that is financially. I really hope people vote this year with their pocketbooks rather than um, just because they may or may not like somebody. Not everybody likes their boss, but most bosses are are decent leaders in some form. Well, actually, oh, Davis is coming out here. So let me. Uh, yeah, Zach. There's like three Trevino bosses. In that company, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, Davy is Davy's cutting out. Don't uh, let's. I'll keep it moving here with this question. So uh, yeah. the one thing that worries me in particular is the reserve, the oil reserve, because Biden had been tapping into that to help him win uh, the midterms and stuff, and that stuff is not getting yes. replenished either. And if, if that gets depleted too much, that that starts to become to our to our enemies all over the world hey you know maybe uh maybe they're a little weaker than uh, we think they are and we can start you know playing some of these little games where we start edging our uh what's it called our territory lines and things like that and mm -hmm. you get you get more instability overseas yes a uh, great point bringing up our strategic petroleum reserve not our uh politics petroleum reserve i was just at a great uh uh, discussion today with the uh, governor of Texas and the governor of Oklahoma. And first and foremost, we need to be buying low and selling high and not the opposite. Right now, this president, President uh, Biden, wants to, he keeps saying he wants to fill the petroleum, uh, the strategic petroleum reserve when we get back to $70 oil. Well, guess what? We're there. He's not doing it. Former President Trump wanted to uh, fill the strategic petroleum reserve back up when it was $25 oil. And this president has sold millions of barrels to our economic enemy, China, in the last 24 months. Now, let's talk about that, because I think that maybe we all want to go. If something horrific was to happen in America, we do not have the reserves to sustain a long-term negative effect of that. And that is terrible because we've drained these petroleum reserves, not to mention a lot of these petroleum reserves are actually naturally created by Mother Earth. And they're not designed to go that low because of the, there's a salt and I could get technical, but there's basically a salt that surrounds these caverns or caves where the oil naturally stays in place. And so some of these things are ruining these reserves that we can never fill them up again. They're basically Mother Nature's natural oil tanks. Hmm. Well, on the on that note for right now, that's where we're going to have to leave it. And uh, thank you for thank your you time here today and for your insight. We do appreciate it. It's Ray Trevino, or RT, from Pecos Country Energy up in Fort Worth, joining us on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com.
You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids. To running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news. And to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Joining us on 710 KURV, we're going to get caught up on foreign policy things and uh, we're, we're getting caught up with Alex Little, who is incredibly well versed in many things. He's been everywhere, basically, learning all the languages and going to all the think tanks. He's been at Cato and Heritage and you name it. <laughs> so he thinks a lot, right? He thinks a lot. Yeah, so he's been around with a lot of the big brains there. From Rutgers University, New Brunswick, is Alex Little joining us on 710KURV. And uh, we're, we're talking about one of your, your articles that was uh, just recently published a few days ago. And uh, let's let's talk about the state of foreign policy for a second. So, what, from your perspective right now, what is the state of things on the planet? Sure. So, thank you for having me. First of all, so um, speaking of my article, from my point of view, uh, U.S. foreign policy needs a reevaluation. So, when the Biden administration began, it proclaimed that adults are back in charge after the Trump administration. Um, in foreign policy specifically. However, the Biden administration, in my mind, deserves criticism as it's made serious missteps in various theaters worldwide, namely in the Middle East and Eastern Europe. So the main error, in my opinion, has been the administration's encouragement of both Israel and Ukraine in chasing maximalist objectives. So for Israel, this entails ousting Hamas from power. And for Ukraine, it means reclaiming all of its internationally recognized territory. So in my piece, my argument was that American involvement in these maximalist pursuits essentially perpetuates violence rather than reduces it. And in my piece, I cite some polling in which Americans broadly agree that they would like to see less military military involvement abroad. Um, However, our current foreign policy is entirely detached from the desires of the Americans it's designed to serve. However, the United States has strong examples of effective diplomacy, as mentioned in the piece. I cite President Nixon's normalization of uh, diplomatic relations with China as a breakthrough in U.S.-China relations and its effect on the balance of power during the Cold War, which greatly favored the United States. And a more recent example I provide is the JCPOA or the Iran nuclear deal, which from a non-proliferation point of view was a clear success. Um, Iran's enriched uranium levels have skyrocketed since we left the deal. So I think that the United States is clearly capable of utilizing diplomacy in meeting global challenges. However, um, diplomacy and the utilization of leverage must be explored more often. Joining us on 710 KURV is Alex Little. He's got an article in the American Conservative titled, The Adults Are Not Back in Charge of U.S. Foreign Policy. Davis Rankin, go ahead with your question. A question about uh, Ukraine. If you were in charge, what would you do or what would you advise President uh, Biden to do? Sure. So Ukraine is in a not great, so um, not so great spot right now. He was in a much better position to negotiate for peace earlier in the conflict as 
Kiev had momentum, but Western powers egged Ukraine on to pursue maximalist objectives, specifically Boris Johnson of the UK. And every well, he day, wanted to get back Ukraine all the land that Russia on. had invaded. He wanted his country. Yes. Back, right? uh, correct. Um, however, um, every day that the Ukraine war drags on, the risk of escalation increases. And so in, in terms of U.S. involvement in this conflict, uh, the United States needs to avoid the potential for a great power war when its core national interests are not at stake. And so in my, in my view, Ukraine, whether now or months down the line, will need to eventually accept a stance of neutrality. So Ukraine can rebuild its sovereignty um, and rebuild its infrastructure and eventually become a member of the European Union. So for instance, uh, countries like Finland, which was invaded by the Soviet Union, um, after it was invaded, it um, came to a ceasefire with the Soviet Union in which it conceded a portion of its territory and held a stance of neutrality for many decades. However, during that time, Finland has become a very prosperous nation with a strong sense of nationalism. So in my mind, uh, Ukraine can follow a similar path while saving tens of thousands of Ukrainian lives. What do you think would happen, since we're in an election year right now, uh, what do you think would happen if we were to move from, or actually, what, what if Biden wins the election? Let's do this. Let's play the, the war game, uh, no pun intended, for uh, between, if, if Biden were to win words. the election. Yeah, if the if Biden if the Biden administration had four more years versus if we got Trump back in twenty twenty four, what do you think would be the the major comparisons there? Well, as things stand now, Republicans do not seem to be budging on this Ukraine aid, and moreover, um, the United States cannot send the ammunition and missiles that the government in Kiev needs to fend off Russia's invasion. The math is just not there, regardless of who's in power. So and. Um, the the next step would be for Europe to step up. However, European officials are also saying that they cannot replace U.S. military aid. So I don't view it more so as who is in power, but what the reality is in terms of our um, capability to provide what Ukraine needs. I think that's it's just not there. We're speaking with Alex Little, who's got a, a piece in the American Conservative titled The Adults Are Not Back in Charge of U.S. Foreign Policy. He's our guest on 710KURV. So who are the adults anyway? And uh, who, yeah. where, where are these people? Why aren't they, why aren't they running to be in charge? Bring right back now? Richard Nixon. <laughs> he has the disembodied head. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I think that that remains to be seen. I think that um, we, as a country, really need to invest in our diplomats. I think that the State Department has a lot of great capabilities, and we need to empower the next generation of next of diplomats. So I think that there needs to be a concerted effort there. Um, as I mentioned in my piece, I think there are great examples of great negotiators, uh, for instance, Richard Nixon. Um, during the Obama administration, there were very talented diplomats that crafted the JCPOA. So I think there are great examples for future diplomats to follow. Um, but I think that um, th I have an optimistic view that the United States does have that potential. What are what are two of the biggest threats, in your opinion, right now, globally, uh, for the United States in the state that we're in right now? I think that China's threat in terms of our um, economic prosperity in the Pacific is is an issue that we should take seriously. Um, 
the United States should do what it can to avoid um, a conflict over Taiwan. And uh, in my view, what we're doing in Ukraine is taking away from what we could be doing to aid Taiwan. So up, in, up until recently, it's been fairly manageable in terms of what arms we've been providing to Ukraine that overlap with what Taiwan needs. However, as time has gone on, it's become much of it more of an issue in that uh, Taiwan desperately needs these forms of weapons that we've been giving to Ukraine. And so I think that the United States should pivot to Asia and take the China threat more seriously. Um, another threat that I think is a, is is very um, significant for the United States is the southern border. I think that the United States should emphasize its own border over the borders of other countries. So I think that that issue has just been completely neglected, and we need um, order at our southern border. So those are the. Did two you get an opportunity to mind. see the Tucker Carlson Vladimir Putin interview that just came out? I did. I watched it last night. He had cited that as one of our big problems that we're not paying attention to is our southern border. That's fascinating to me. Vladimir Putin said that? Yeah. God, irony. He doesn't know the definition of irony, does he? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I'm kind of disagreeing with our guest who's a lovely person, but you can't trust Vladimir Putin for nothing. Well, what it, well, for uh, I don't well, I don't have time to encapsulate the the 2 hours there, but that but that statement right there from from Putin uh, about our southern border. What yeah. do you think about that? Um, well, I think that the, that uh, every country should ha place its own citizens and the, the safety and prosperity of its own citizens first. Um, I don't think the United States can solve every border dispute, every global problem. And yeah. so um, I, it doesn't matter to me who um, does that or not. I, I think that the principle of the United States um, preserving its own safety and prosperity is um, what, I, what I would say is most important. Thanks a lot, Alex. Appreciate your time here today. Thank you. Find out who the adults look like <laughs> by reading the article. Uh, the adults are not back in charge of U.S. foreign policy. It's in the American Conservative, theamericanconservative.com. I want to thank Alex Little, our guest today. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV, your 956 Drive Home. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. I love your show. Hello. Hello. Having our voices heard. That's right. Yeah. You live and you learn. Exactly right. This is our country. Use your heads on this stuff. Bingo. Sick of the talking heads. I agree with you. Talk, 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 talk. Hello? Hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she to judge? To stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only news talk station, News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV. This is your 956 Drive Home. I'm Zach Cantu along with the living legend, Davis Rankin. Any of the interviews in the event that you may miss one, can be found on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Look for the 956 Drive Home Row, Row, Row Rewind Podcast. Joining us on 710KURV to talk about things happening around the state party-wise and a few other uh, Texas stories is Scott Brennick from the Quorum Report. And it was, uh, it, was, it was the political news over the weekend about Dade Phelan 
and yeah. people in one Jasper County saying, uh, we don't like that guy anymore. So what happened here? Well, uh, it was not just Jasper County, but the state Republican executive committee, the Republican Party of Texas, uh, has now taken the position that uh, Phelan is, uh, as they would put it, out of step with Republican values. Now, if you look at what the um, what the what the state Republican executive committee actually said in their resolution, what they're really upset about Zach is the fact that he led the effort to impeach the uh, attorney general, uh, who Phelan would still say is very, very, very corrupt. And, you know, feeling he has not backed off of that even one bit, uh, you know, in, in interviews and um, in a television advertisement uh, that aired last week, um, which you may have seen. Uh, the YouTube is out there now, but it's on television in uh, in Beaumont, uh, where the speaker's district is. Uh, he starts the, the ad, Zach, by saying it pains me to say this, but Ken Paxton had a sexual affair with a Senate staffer and traded legal favors to cover that up. Um, and Paxton was impeached by 70% of Texas House Republicans. And it, 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 what he's doing, Davis, is he's trying to explain to voters, Phelan's trying to explain to voters mm -hmm. why, Don, why Donald Trump is endorsing against the speaker. He's endorsed one of his challengers in his Republican primary. And what that advertisement tells me is that the speaker's team must see something in their polling that shows that they need to explain that uh, because Republican primary voters are going to see Donald Trump endorsing this other guy who's running against Phelan uh, and they're going to wonder well, number one you know there's a lot of Republican voters who will just say okay well I'm going with that person then just because Trump mm -hmm. said so there's a certain number of people who will do that and then there's others who would ask the question they would say why is why does Donald Trump even care about a Texas house race in Jefferson County Texas and so the speaker's team is having to explain to voters why that might happen um, and of course Phelan is saying that look Paxton and Trump have been close uh, and what uh, Phelan's trying to explain to voters is that, and he says this in the ad, Zach, he says um, that basically here you have uh, Paxton who broke his vow to his wife and to God. And so why would he mm -hmm. tell, you know, Donald Trump or you the truth? I mean, this is this is basically as, as heated as it gets in some of these campaigns. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. and we'll see how it goes. It it tells me once again that the speaker's taking his uh, race very seriously there in in Beaumont. No, it's just the thing that gets me. We're speaking with Scott Braddock from the Quorum Report up in Austin, joining us on uh, 710KURV. The only thing that gets me is like from, from our perspective as people that have like watched this entire thing unfold, me, yeah. I just hate tribalism in inter-party tribalism as a member of the Republican Party. Like oh, I, Lord. that is the most uh, aggravating thing to me. And uh, this whole ordeal, like we watched Dade Phelan get voted for, like they elected him mm -hmm. as speaker well, that and was only, like, only like six guys said no out of right. I, I forgot how many i forgot how many There's the 150 was. in the house yeah exactly mm -hmm. and we knew the guy that we were getting because there was a little bit of contention the last time around and they swore they were going to vote him out and then they never did and then look at the situation that they're in now so now they have to backtrack and pretend like he's corrupt and it's almost like it's almost like feelings always been there and he's always been like this and he's always been evil right and now he's deciding to turn on us he was been he was been waiting in the shadows waiting to strike this He's entire a wicked, time wicked man that's the way that they're painting guy. it that's the only thing that yeah. aggravates me they voted Which him in and then they're flipping the script on this go ahead uh davis i'm sorry yeah uh do is there any polling that you're aware of that shows that you've seen that shows what the people are thinking but other than he has to explain this there's no polling that I've seen uh, that I would take seriously. There was a poll that was released uh, by a, a group that's against the speaker that says that he's underwater, that he can't win his primary. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that was that was being 
put out there for and look a lot of times when polling is released it's for the purpose of fundraising uh, you know folks will say hey look at the poll numbers if we could just get more money for our side then our side will win but to the point that zach was making it's not as if the guy wasn't speaker in the last legislative session yeah. going back to 2021 well, right that's I mean, before he turned traitor scott you don't well, you don't these, see these this the right way acting, that was the plan the whole like time yeah, these people were acting like he was a traitor the whole time. There were, look, no matter who the Speaker of the House is, and, and y'all know this because you've watched it for years, whether it was Joe Strauss from San Antonio, whether it was Dennis Bonin uh, from the Houston area, he was only there for one session, um, and uh, you know whether it's Dave Phelan, there's always someone out to get them. Only one of those guys actually allowed the folks to get him, which was Dennis Bonin, because he tried to do a deal with them, y'all might remember. Um, but look, with, but with but with Phelan, uh, he hasn't given in to these guys, and he's he's going to fight them all the way. And look, I think this is as high stakes as it could be, uh, because look, you have a Speaker of the House and a Lieutenant Governor who are as at odds as those two as any people in those two positions have been. Um, look, you also have uh, the Lieutenant Governor texting a video of himself to Republican voters in the Beaumont area to highlight the Trump endorsement of Phelan's opponent. Um, really? You have Lieutenant Governor Patrick has been telling voters in Beaumont uh, that that Dade Phelan's trying to fool you, that he tried to fool Donald Trump and he's trying to fool you. So you have the Lieutenant Governor campaigning against Phelan. You have the Attorney General campaigning against him and you have Donald Trump endorsing against the speaker. If it, you know, with all that, if he's able to survive anyway, um, and then you see Phelan and Patrick once again in those same roles mm -hmm. in the next legislative session, it's, it's, I mean, y'all saw last year, it was bad enough between those two guys fighting all the time over everything. Um, and just how bad it could get Zach, it's hard to say. Uh, let no me, uh, hold on. I'm sorry, David, this question I feel needs to get out because I don't think we've explained this part just yet, but the, the Republican party of Texas came out and they censored uh dade feeling but what what does that actually mean what what what's nothing. the actual I mean, penalty for that almost nothing i mean no, all it really is, is it's it's sort of just like a uh like a nasty letter to the editor um you know now technically <clears throat> under the republican party's rules something that they changed in the last few years is that if a candidate is censured that the republican party should be able to spend resources against that person in their in their race um but as it was pointed out to me the republican party uh, around here hasn't been exactly killing it when it comes to fundraising lately and so they don't really have the money they don't really have the money to do that so what it kind of amounts to is uh, a nasty letter to the editor like i said or some mean tweets uh about him but it will allow but here's what will happen i, I they know they feel good uh, doing it though it feels good to do it <laughs> that's here's why what they did it here's what will happen is lieutenant governor patrick and the opponent of Phelan, um, you know, this guy, David Covey, who's running against him, they'll just say it. They'll say, look, the Republican Party of Texas is against this guy. It's an it's another reason you should vote, uh, you know, for this other person for the position. Davis, go ahead for uh, Scott Bragg from the Corn Report. Go ahead. There. Uh, how many Republican state representatives are being challenged in their primary by people who are in the uh, lieutenant governor uh, uh, Paxton camp? They want to. They want to oust these renegades. I assume then they would be uh, lockstep voters with Paxton and the lieutenant governor. Would that be enough to deprive him of the speakership if he gets reelected? It's a, 
It's a good question. So the um, so Paxton has endorsed just a slew of candidates because, as you know, 70 percent of Texas House Republicans voted to impeach him. Um, and he was just sort of in a mad dash to try to recruit candidates against as many Republican office holders as possible who voted to impeach him. So I've actually lost count of that. I would say it's you know, dozens of people who, uh, you know, Paxton is trying to uh, to challenge those those incumbents. Um, I don't think he's going to be successful in the vast majority of those, uh, Davis, because it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like uh, there's any role. I, I will tell you this. When you look at the uh, endorsements that mm-hmm. Paxton has put out there and then you look at the campaign finance reports of challengers to incumbents, it's real clear that the the you know, the, the Paxton endorsement doesn't come with money attached. Uh, now, there are some third party groups that are out there trying to get folks elected. Uh, but it looks like most of the activity, most of the spending is happening against the anti-school voucher Republicans. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I'm in San Antonio today, because in about an hour or so, uh, one of those anti-voucher Republicans, a guy named Steve Allison, a representative uh, from Alamo Heights area, he's going to be debating his pro-school voucher opponent. Uh, and just last week on Friday, Governor Abbott was here in San Antonio to rally for this guy, Mark LaHood, who's running against Steve Allison. And I think I've, I've heard the governor because I've been to several of his rallies now where he's trying to get these Texas House Republicans uh, kicked out of office, the ones who displeased him. Um, I've, I've heard him give basically the same speech about four times now in these different areas where he was holding these rallies. And it's interesting, Zach, when I was in deep East Texas in Nacogdoches, the governor didn't really emphasize school vouchers almost at all. Basically, what he does at these events is he'll say, look, you know, we've got to lock down the border. We got to fight Joe Biden about the border. Hmm. It's all about border security. And then he'll point to the candidate he wants to be elected and he'll say, this is the person I need in Austin with me to continue this fight. That's a real easy argument for him to make to the crowd. They get amped up and they will cheer for that. Um, But when he's in East Texas, he's not talking so much about vouchers. But when he's in the suburbs of Dallas, he'll talk more about vouchers there. It may be something that is it maybe resonates better with those voters in those areas. Hey, Scott, thanks for your time as usual. Unfortunately, we're out of hours right now. Thank you, Scott. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV. That was Scott Brennick from the Quorum Report uh, from Austin, but currently in San Antonio. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV, your 956 Drive Home. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURB and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Joining us now on the 956 Drive Home is Tim Snyder from Matador Economics. Uh, yesterday it was announced there's this big $26 billion deal. Uh, happening here in uh, in Texas with Diamondback Energy and Endeavor Energy Resources. This is a twenty six billion dollar deal. It's incredible stuff. But uh, Tim Snyder has the the details here. So what's going on? You know, this is a this is a mega deal that could that could mean production for the the new conglomerate, if you will, uh, of Diamondback and Endeavor of probably over six million barrels 
of crude oil alone, and then of course the natural gas assets that Endeavor has, this makes this a very, very solid development for oil and gas. Let's talk about the the companies uh, individually for a second here. So it's uh, Diamondback Energy buying Endeavor Energy Resources. So who who is Endeavor? Yes, Endeavor is, is a company that has massive um, interests in, um, you know, primarily, you know, obviously in the in the Permian Basin, but you know, it straddles most of tech, West Texas and, and New Mexico, and um, you know, they're they're known for the assets that they have uh, in the natural gas space right now. It's a big part of what they do. And uh, who is Diamondback Energy, and what what pushed them to move forward with something like this? What's what's driving this? You know the the economic conditions, uh, not just in the Permian Basin, but in the oil and gas industry itself, <clears throat> have really created a pocket of opportunity to you know do as much consolidation as can happen. Uh, the federal government has you know has, with the moratorium on um, uh, LNG exports that we talked about so much a couple weeks ago um and you know they're making permitting and fees and and all those kinds of things so much more difficult as well as increasing the timing for this it makes it very difficult to get new production out and going um in places like the permian basin the eagle ford and and all those kinds of things so what we're looking at here is when you have those conditions companies tend to uh, look to maybe acquire uh, another company that enhances their uh, opportunity to fulfill, you know, what production requirements they're going to need. And this is part of the consolidation efforts that happens when you have uh, these kinds of, and I'm trying to be apolitical here, but it's very difficult to do that. <laughs> um you know, it's it's just hard to it's hard to to put that in in words. But you know, the federal government's making it very difficult. They, today is a perfectly good example. I think they had a a uh, uh, BLM uh, lease sale for a grand total of three drilling permits in the uh, Gulf of Mexico, uh, and choosing instead to you know kind of lean more towards wind turbines and those kinds of things. And this is just disastrous for the industry. So this is the reason why you see these types of mergers and acquisitions develop. So in other words, it's cheaper to just buy another company than it is just than dealing with freaking Biden, right? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, that's, that's a perfectly good way to say it. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say it for you, Tim. Don't worry about it. Uh, Tim Snyder from yeah, Matador okay. Economics joining us on 710KURV. Davis, go ahead. Uh, can you uh, explain the, I guess, the oil world in that you have um, Exxon Mobil? Like, who does the drilling? Who does the discovering? And then who does the drilling? Uh, when, when is the product bought and put put into a pipeline? Because not every company, some of these big companies, they don't they don't do their own exploration. I don't think. Go ahead. Yeah, mo a lot of them. A lot. Some of them do. Some of them don't. Each one, like for instance, Exxon Mobil has has the, the XTO company and and several other um, um, you know companies underneath their corporate veil uh, that do different parts of the okay. 
you know, downstream production of this thing. And ENP, an exploration production company, is the company that goes out and identifies the resources. Okay, well, that's that's very important. They drill the wells, they do the things. And then what happens a lot of times, uh, if this is not done by like ExxonMobil, ConocoPhillips, Chevron, whoever, uh, uh, then what basically happens is they go out and they may acquire a field from an operator. And that's, that's a lot of times what happens in normal conditions. So right now what we're dealing with is, is we're just buying assets, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, to make sure that we continue the growth of what's happening in the Permian Basin um, and Eagle Ford right now. So the this, company, go ahead, David. Go ahead. The company that got bought has uh, under, I guess, under contract or under lease, X number of acres they believe um, has has oil and or gas in addition to what they're all. So right, am I, is that 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 would and, be an asset yes, and existing and existing production as well. All okay. of the above. You know, it's a it's a winner take all kind of deal, and and that's a good it's a good move for both parties. And it looks like a great relationship. They're both located across the street from each other in Midland, Texas. Oh. So then one of these is owned. Isn't the selling company owned by some guy who's almost 90? Uh, yeah, they, they are. The, uh, the, uh, He's cashing Montreal out. Family, uh, yeah, it really is. And he is, he is almost 90. He's a wildcatter. He's been out there. He's got a, he's got a tremendous reputation. There's folklore that's written about him and the opportunities that they've had. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's tremendous, I'd, I'd say they were rivals, but they, you know, they, they competed with one another, but I think there's a good merger, uh, moving forward. And I, I think it's good for not only the Permian Basin and, and what we're doing in, in Texas oil and gas, but I think it's going to be good for the industry as well. Joining us on 710KURV is Tim Snyder from Matador Economics. We're talking about the announcement yesterday that Diamondback Energy is buying Endeavor Energy Resources in a $26 billion deal. And that's happening right here in in the Lone Star State. And uh, this is... Is this is this going to be the trend going out, Tim? Is this going to be? Are we going to see more companies like this kind of uh, uh, enveloping each other because of the Biden administration? Uh, yes, you should, it gives us no choice. I mean, if you can't drill, if you can't go out and do, spend, you know, more money for the operations that you have, you've got to go acquire resources and consolidate. And remember, um, a lot of times, guys, when you consolidate operations. You find efficiencies that bring down the cost of production, which increases the profit amount that that corporation can deliver, and that's very important. I mean, you know, the the deal itself is worth about twenty six million dollars, but the the two companies together are going to be worth more than fifty billion, and that's a very important uh, that's a very important merger. And to be real honest with you, I hate to say this, but um, you know, you don't want these things to be out out in the news in the news world. Uh, very long because you know gives the the government an opportunity to come back and say okay well we're going to start looking for antitrust options or our operations between the two and make sure that there's nothing taken uh, taking advantage of the marketplace here. You so, know what that, that that reminds me too. What what would it take for there to be? Uh, well, there's there's plenty of energy companies. I was going to say what what about a monopoly or something? But uh, maybe you can clear that up. The, the growth the, well, the combination will make a very hold large. On, hold on, David. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I was going to say, no, it's not a problem. And I will talk about the combination because it makes a very large company. But remember, you got it's hard for Diamond and Diamondback and, and Endeavor to ever compete with a ExxonMobil, a Chevron, a, a ConocoPhillips, or any of those really big EMPs. Um, so, you know, this is this would be very difficult unless unless there would be uh, some smaller companies that um, missed out on opportunities. Uh, that that would be a very difficult thing to happen. Competition's always good for the marketplace, and and mergers and acquisitions are what happens when economic conditions are trifled with is the best way to say it. But you know, the bottom line is that it always brings um, new efficiencies into the marketplace. And to be perfectly honest with you, right now with a really crazy market that we're seeing, we need those efficiencies. Uh, the, uh, Tim, this is Davis Franken. The, uh, are both companies public? Uh, isn't the bought company, isn't that private? Yeah. Diamond, uh, Diamond Energy, which is, I think their, their stock trading symbol is FANG, F-A-N-G. That makes sense. Uh, is public and Endeavor is private company. Okay. Hey, Tim, thanks a lot for your... What? I was going to say, wonder what the old man's going to do with all that money. (laughs) There ain't no telling. You know, I live real, not real far from South Fork over here, so I'm going to go ask JR what he thinks. Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell him to take us along. Uh, That's uh, Tim Snyder from uh, Matador Economics. You can sign up for the newsletter at matadoreconomics.com. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.